the DR on about 2 o'clock Friday afternoon and arrived Saturday morning at about 10 o'clock in the morning, um, ran a, about a mile through the airport to get here, and but I made it on time, praise the Lord. And uh, y'all can understand if you've ever flown how those connecting flights can be. And somebody at the, at the desk, as I was dropping off my baggage, they said, you better run. I said, I took him for his word, and I'm glad I did because I, I made it just in time. But uh, thank the Lord for his goodness and mercy and grace and for the privilege it is to be here. And I uh, thank Pastor Smart for uh, inviting us and for giving us the opportunity to be in this missions conference. And uh, we were here and uh, y'all took us on for support, and we greatly appreciate what the church does for our family and your prayers especially, and for your financial support of our family and the ministry work that we're doing there in the Dominican Republic. And uh, God has been good in the time that we have been there. We've seen prayers answered, lives changed, and people come to know Christ as their Savior, and uh, we're looking forward to getting back and to seeing what God does as well as in the future. And, uh, but we appreciate the accommodations. Everything is very comfortable there. Pastor Smart, thank you all so much for that. And uh, it's a blessing to be here. Looking forward to seeing what God does in and through this missions conference. Um, almost 12 years ago, uh, on a Sunday at a missions conference, God placed it upon my heart and our family's heart to surrender to missions. And... Uh, and I appreciate, you know, just God's calling and what God can do through a missions conference. You just don't know, you know. I mean, the Lord may start to speak to somebody else's heart in a special way in the area of missions and surrendering your life. And, and uh, we just don't want to put limits on God and, and just be open to God speaking to us this week and what the Lord may have for us. I wanted to start out this morning. This isn't uh, the text that I'm going to be preaching from, but uh, uh, just a, a verse that God just put upon my heart to, uh, to read this morning. 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse number 9. 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse number, ni- verse number 9. The Bible says... Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. Back when God had called our family to missions, this was the calling verse. This was the verse that God spoke to my heart personally. You know, one of the things about the missions conference and, uh, and in the work that God may be doing in your hearts this week is that God wants to speak to you on an individual level. Not just Maranatha Baptist Church as a whole, but you individually. And you know, we could say, you know, well, uh, or talk about the work that God is doing in and through Maranatha itself and and we could say, oh, well, it's a wonderful soul winning church and, and uh, they're doing this amount for, for missions or they're, they're doing this work in the community or they're trying to win souls throughout each and every week. And, and we could talk about the things that Maranatha may be doing as a whole, but what about what you are doing in your life for missions, for the cause of Christ? And one of the things, you know, that God spoke to my heart several years ago through this verse is, 
The Bible says we do not well. It starts off by saying, this day is a day of good tidings. You know, one of the things about me is uh, as I was sitting there in the pew and God had recently uh, began working in my life and, and I was surrendering God everything that I had. And, and uh, one of the things about it is that I had never truly been trained how to win souls. Um, I had been saved, but I had never been trained on how to win souls. And we came to a soul winning church. We came to a church that was on fire about telling others the gospel and giving, giving out the gospel. And one of the things uh, about me is that I had never truly started winning or telling people about what Jesus Christ had done in my heart. And as I sat there and listened to the message, it spoke to me personally. And I thought, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing right between me and God as far as what I ought to be doing for missions on getting the gospel out into the world, into my community. And it said, this day is the day of good tidings. And one of the things that I thought about is that I have been given the gospel, and the gospel is the good news. It's the good news to all people and all nations, all tongues. And so I had been given the gospel, and I held my peace. The Lord just told me to just to share this with you this morning, but there may be somebody today and that, you may see what God is doing through Maranatha. But what is God doing through you personally? One day we're going to all have to give an account of what we have done in our bodies, whether it be good or bad. And, uh, and so we're going to have to give a testimony and an account of those things. And, and are you one of those people that may have been like me? Backwards, shy. Not really have, having been a soul winner and God may be speaking to your heart about you need to step out and be given, be in a light. We're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. Maybe God wants you this week to surrender to Him and being light and being salt and getting the gospel you personally and seeing what the Lord does. So anyway, let's continue on this morning as we look uh, in the Scripture. Let us turn over to John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1. I'll give you what the Lord's laid upon my heart this morning. John chapter 1. We'll start reading in verse number 43. John 1 verse number 43. And before we begin, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank You, Lord, so much just for this wonderful day that You've blessed us with. Thank You, Father God, for the privilege it is to be here in Your house, to be able to share Your Word and Lord, to worship together in spirit and in truth. I thank you for Pastor Smart. I thank you for his wife and for the church here at Maranatha Baptist Church. God, I pray that you please bless them and be with them. Use them in a great and mighty way and help them to win souls for Christ, Lord, and to get the gospel out into the world. God, I pray that we would be obedient to you in whatever area that you may be speaking to our hearts this week. And, and Lord, only you know what you're speaking to each and every individual. Lord, what they may need to work on and and God, what they may need to improve. And perhaps there may be somebody that's lost and needs to come to know Christ as their Savior. And Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to each and every one of us as you would see fit, Lord, and help us to become more like Christ in our walk with you. God, please just help and move and bless in each and every testimony and every, uh, every service, every uh, message that goes out. God, I pray that it all be for your glory. And Lord, that you can do a work in our hearts and lives this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 43, the Bible says, 
John chapter 1, it says, The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The title of my message this morning is, We Need More Phillips. We Need More Phillips. God laid this message on my heart to preach because Philip was the name of two men in the Bible that we read about that brought people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There are two different Philips that the Scripture talks about. The first one that we find mentioned first in the Bible, he is known as the Apostle Philip. And this Philip is the one who we read about in the Gospels of Christ. The second Philip is known as Philip the Evangelist, and he is the one that we find in the book of Acts. But both were men who loved God and had a heart for lost souls. And our desires as believers in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities and around the world should have the same motivation that both Philips had in bringing souls to Jesus Christ. And so this morning we're going to look at Philip the Apostle. The Bible talks about Philip and and how that Jesus went forth in Galilee and he findeth him. And Jesus looked and went searching for him as a lost sheep and and, uh, needing salvation. And Jesus findeth Philip and he saith unto him, follow me. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And immediately the Bible says that Philip goes after Christ and Philip uh, also was of the city of Bethsaida. Uh, the same city of Andrew and Peter. And immediately after he follows Christ, the Bible says that he goes and he looks for Nathanael. And he speaks to Nathanael of Christ and says, We have found him of whom in Moses, in the law, and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so in these verses, the Bible says that Jesus finds Philip, says to him, follow me. And immediately Philip responded. Philip obviously realizes and believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Messiah because he goes and he tells Nathanael about him. It is very interesting that Philip tells Nathanael that they had found Jesus when a few verses before the Bible says that Jesus found Philip. I thank the Lord that before I ever went looking for Him, God was looking for me. I was the lost sheep in the wilderness that the Lord went to find. I love Him because He first loved me. This was the Apostle Philip and he immediately responded to Christ's invitation and he follows Him. Philip responded and right afterwards he becomes a soul winner. 
He starts bringing people to Jesus Christ. Philip was a newborn Christian and he immediately leaves and tells others about Jesus. He gets excited and he tells Nathaniel, come, you have to meet this man. He's the Messiah. He's the one who the prophets wrote about. Wouldn't it be great in our hearts and lives if we still had the same excitement about what God did in our lives and saving our soul and we have to go tell somebody about it and get the good news out and share with them and say, look what Jesus did for me. We found Him. He's the Savior. He's the Son of God. He's the one that we can be saved by. There's no other name under heaven wherewith we can be saved. He's the one who the prophets wrote about. He's the one we've been waiting for. Jesus found Philip and Philip found Nathaniel and brought him to Jesus. You know, all soul winning is, is bringing people to Jesus Christ. It's introducing them to the Savior. We go and we preach Jesus and the Gospel to the world. We tell them Christ was sent by God the Father to die on a cross and to save them from their sins. So Philip brought Nathaniel to meet Jesus. And we need to bring sinners to meet Jesus as well. Once Nathaniel got there, Jesus proved to Nathaniel that he was God. He saw Nathaniel coming to meet him and he described exactly the type of character that Nathaniel had. And Nathaniel was amazed because he knew that only God could know the heart of a person. And here today, God knows your heart. God knows your circumstances, your life, and and where you come from and, and where you're going. And God wants to help you today. 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Bible says, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Only God perceives our thoughts and knows who we are on the inside. Jesus knew exactly the man that Nathaniel was. He knew his heart. He knew his character. He knew all about him because he is God. Aren't you glad that Jesus knows all about us? Aren't you glad that before we even ask a prayer request that He knows our needs? Not only did Jesus know who Nathaniel was, but he, he knew where He was. And He knew who He was, where He was at, and what He was doing. Jesus told Nathaniel before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Philip saw Nathaniel. Or, I mean, excuse me, Jesus saw Nathaniel before Philip ever found him. Jesus knew where Nathaniel was, and he was ready to receive him. Jesus sees where we are. He sees us in our circumstances, in our conditions. He pities us. He loves us. He desires for us to know Him. The Bible says in Romans 5.8, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, there is power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is power in the story of Jesus. There is power when we tell somebody that Jesus loves them and loved them enough to come into the world to die for them. The gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth all. Philip did was he led Nathaniel unto the Savior, unto the well of living water. And Jesus did the rest. All that we have to do is bring the sinner to Jesus Christ and Jesus does the saving. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
Isn't it amazing that at the time, you know, whenever we go to give out the gospel that the flesh wants to settle in on us or the devil starts whispering things or, or we get distracted or, or things try to get in the way of us trying to reach that person with the gospel. But the Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. There is no reason for us to be ashamed. Why? For it is the power of God. It is the power of God to work in and through us to help reach that person and that person gets saved through the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When you give out the gospel, you are providing that person with an opportunity to have everlasting life. Philip had a love for the Savior and he had to go and tell those that he cared about, those he loved. He immediately went to to Nathaniel, who was his friend, and love is an action verb. Two biblical words that, is, that will motivate you in giving out the gospel are faith and love. Jesus mentioned in the Bible of some having little faith. It was faith, but it wasn't very much. The realness of heaven, the realness of hell, the realness of God in your life on a day-to-day basis will affect your fulfilling of the Great Commission. Faith. What you believe. The, the, the faith that you have. The strength of your faith. And faith grows. And Jesus says, says that we ought to give out the Gospel in fulfilling the Great Commission. Jesus preached more on hell than on heaven in His ministry to show people the realness of it. Then there is love. The Bible says, if you love Me, this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, keep my commandments. To Jesus, love is an action. If you have a love for God, then it will motivate you to keep the commandments of God. If you have a love for God, it will motivate you to go tell others about Jesus. If you love lost souls, it will motivate you to go tell them about Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 37 through 40. Matthew 22 and verses 37 through 40. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know, the Bible mentions first about how we ought to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. That's everything that we are, everything that's within us, and that ought to go directly towards loving God. And so if we love God, then that will help us fulfill the second great commandment, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so when we love God, that helps us fulfill the Great Commission in loving our neighbor. And if we love them, we will tell them about Jesus. Philip had a love for Nathaniel. He proved that love through his actions. For God so loved the world that He gave. This is an action word to give. And when you put love in action, it produces a giving spirit. A giving of your time. A, a giving of your efforts. A giving of yourself. God loves, so He gave that the world might be saved. Amen. How we need to have the faith and love that Philip had 
We saw Philip's faith and love as he went to reach Nathanael and to tell him about how he had found the Messiah, found the one that came to seek and to save that which was lost. But not only did Philip have faith and love, but he also learned a valuable lesson. We're going to look at that in John 6 and 5 through 7. John 6, 5 through 7. And it says, When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we have whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. And so in this story, we see the connection here and, and the communication between Jesus and Philip as Jesus is trying to teach Philip a lesson. This story is a feeding of the 5,000. Remember that this number only includes the men. Most likely thousands more of women and children were present. And Philip, just like anybody else would, who would, been, would have been in this sort of situation, he immediately starts thinking on the physical. He saw the number of the crowd and the human impossibility of feeding them all themselves. And so he starts thinking about what he has personally on himself and among the disciples and, and, uh, and Jesus. And he, he thought, starts thinking on the physical capability of man. And he says, it is humanly impossible for us to feed all these people. But not only did Jesus want him to focus on just the people around him, but also on the spiritual. Jesus saw the crowd coming near and he asks Philip, he says, where are we going to buy bread so that, they, that these may eat? And Jesus was getting Philip to think and pay attention to the situation around him. And there are a few things that Philip noticed. Number one, or letter A, immediately Philip noticed the people. Immediately, Philip noticed the people. When Jesus asked Philip about the crowd, Philip had to pay attention to the multitude. It was no longer about he himself anymore. He wasn't looking at himself, his friends. He started looking to those around him. He wasn't paying attention to the needs that he had, but the needs of those around him. He started noticing how many there were, and each and every individual person became important to him at that moment. You know, many times we get so focused on our small world that we forget about the world around us, the people around us. Do you know what tunnel vision is? Tunnel vision is whenever we get the blinders up on the side and we start looking one direction in an effort to get to the goal that we have before us. But we need to open up our eyes to look upon the fields. Tunnel vision is whenever we get so focused on our own uh, desires and own goals that we forget everybody around us. God doesn't want us to get tunnel vision as Christians. Jesus wants us to open our eyes and to see the multitudes. The Bible says a few passages back in John 4.35, uh, the Bible says, Say ye not, or say not ye, that there are four months, and then cometh the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. 
Jesus says, lift up your eyes, look around you. Many are going to hell each and every day and we need to have compassion. We need to see the multitudes. We need to count each and every individual soul as precious. So Jesus wanted Philip to notice the multitudes, but Jesus also wanted Philip to pay attention to their needs. So that's letter B. Jesus proved Philip with this question and he, the people that he saw, he noticed their needs. When Philip saw the people, he noticed that there was such a great number, but he also realized that these people are hungry. These people needed to be fed and Jesus was asking him to help him. Help them. Jesus is asking you to help them as well. The people around us today are spiritually hungry. They're spiritually thirsty. There are people that are in danger of, of going to hell and we need to get the gospel to them. People that need to be fed. Jesus wants us to notice the people. Not just their physical appearances, but to view them as a soul that God loves, a soul that Jesus cares for, a soul that Jesus died for, a soul that is going to spend eternity in heaven or hell one day. So Jesus said to Philip, Philip, I realize and I I want you to realize that these people have a need. They are hungry. The world is spiritually hungry. The, the world seeks and searches for satisfaction and Satan is feeding them what they desire through their flesh, but we need to give them the truth. We need to give them something that satisfies. We need to give them something that will fulfill their hunger. We need to show people the truth of the gospel. Jesus Christ said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man will eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give For the life of the world. Jesus said that He was the living bread which came down from heaven. Jesus is the answer to spiritual world hunger. Jesus wanted Philip to notice the multitude, but He also wanted Philip to notice their needs, to see their hunger, not only but that, but Jesus also wanted Philip to see that He was incapable. Philip noticed His incapacity, letter C. Philip this entire time was thinking about how he could help these people on the physical things that he had. Philip was thinking about the the answer was in his human strength, but in the world's or in the world's wealth or in things that he could offer. But Jesus wanted Philip to see that he could not do it. We cannot reach the entire world ourselves without the help of God. We need the help of Jesus Christ. The work that we do in winning souls and getting the gospel across the world is God's work. We are merely passing the message along, helping missionaries get to places we cannot go, and God wants to use a person that isn't looking to get the glory themselves. God wants somebody that lets Jesus Christ get the glory. The Bible says in Isaiah 42.8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. When Philip finally, or sees the need of the people and Jesus Christ opens up his eyes to those around him. Jesus eventually uses the lunch of a young lad there who wasn't looking to receive the glory all to himself, but he just wanted the help. Somebody that wanted to give and Jesus did the work and multiplied. And at the end of it all, we saw how all were fed. The Bible says they were filled Every one of them had exactly what they needed. And thank God that the gospel satisfies. 
Thank God that whenever you give somebody a piece of the bread of life, it satisfies and it saves and it helps to give them what they need and that fill that void and that hole in their life. And we've got the good news. You've got the bread of life. You've been given a supply of it. You're like that little lad. You just got to start passing it out. And Jesus does the work and they will get fed. They will get filled. They will get satisfied. Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Letter D, at the end of it all, Philip noticed the miracle. Philip noticed the miracle. After all is said and done, Philip watches as Jesus Christ feeds the crowd. Later on, this teaches him a valuable lesson as he goes on to serve the Lord. Later on, we find in the book of Acts how that Philip, he leaves and he goes to a place where there is a desert place and a wilderness. The Spirit of God leading him there. And, and the Bible says he came across a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch. And he joins himself into the chariot. And the man is reading from a passage of Scripture that he did not understand. And Philip helps to explain to the man exactly what God was talking about in that passage of Scripture, giving him the gospel. That man comes to know Christ as his Savior later on being baptized. But you know, it amazes me because I think that Philip learned a valuable lesson that day when he saw the multitudes, when he saw the need, when he saw the hunger. He knew the price of each and every individual soul. And it didn't, it didn't matter to him if they were in a desert place or in a wilderness somewhere. They needed to be reached with the gospel. And he got down to that man he gave him the gospel and that man got saved. We need to learn the lesson that Philip learned, that each, each and every soul is precious as somebody that Jesus Christ died for and we need to get the gospel to them in a timely manner. Pastor Smart. Amen. 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 Let's stand our feet this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's going to come to the piano. We need more Phillips. Individuals who see the need, individuals who see people for who they are and understand who Jesus Christ is and what He can do. How is it this morning? He took us to Second Kings to begin. We do not well. These lepers had come upon all of the spoil. They said, we do not well if we keep it to ourselves. We have to go back in. We have to go to the king. We have to go to the city. We have to share what we have found. How is it individually for us this morning, Maranatha Baptist Church family? Are we doing well? Are we being like Philip? If not, maybe this morning we would bend the knee maybe where we stand or Maybe the Lord would impress upon our heart to take a step and to step out this morning and maybe make your way to the platform or to one of these front pews and just kneel and say, Lord, help me to be a Philip. Lord, help me to do well. Help me not to hold my peace. Let me also say this, dear friend, if you're here this morning and you've never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, if I were to come to you and say, hey, have you ever been saved? Have you ever been rescued? from your sin, saved from your sin. You say, Pastor, I, I, I'm not even sure what that means. I, I'm, I've never been saved. 
As soon as the piano begins playing, I want to encourage you to come this morning. Just say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved this morning. If death were to take me today, I don't have any idea where I would spend eternity. If you're a lady, we'll have a lady take a Bible. If you're a man, we'll have a man take the Bible. And show you what the Bible says about everlasting life. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God. The gift is eternal life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you know Christ today? If you do, are you doing well? Or are you holding your peace? Hey teenagers, what about you? Are you doing well? Or are you holding your peace? You know, I mentioned the young man that <clears throat> knelt and prayed Tuesday. You know, he came to see me simply because he had a friend that he knew when things were bad, a friend he could go to that could help. And he went to this friend, and this friend helped, and this friend said, Hey, why don't you go see my pastor? Are you that type of friend? That when someone's world, if we could use the phrase, seems as if it's falling apart, they can come to you because they know you can help. And not necessarily that you can help, but that you know someone who can help, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. They may not always agree with you, but they know that you are serious about what you believe. And when they have a problem, you're the person they're going to come to. Amen. Thank you, Brother Prater. Thank you so much. We're going to dismiss. We're going to pray. Let me let me mention a couple of things. Uh, parents, make sure you go pick up your kids at the Home Builders class. Uh, the McPikes are going to hold them tight until you come and get them. But uh, make sure you go pick up your kids there. 
We do have a lunch prepared for everyone. I hope you'll be able to stay for that. Once we get over there and we get everything kind of set out and get going, we'll pray. And we'll pray for the food. There is...